I started to <clears throat> pray and meditate on speaking on this passage, which is about the presentation. Now, remember, there's two presentations. There's the presentation of Mary, and there's the presentation of Jesus. And as I started to reflect on this and pray on this, I realized, well, in just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate on February 2nd, the presentation of the Lord. So I looked ahead, and it has the same gospel reading that we have today. So I'm going to hold off and speak on the presentation of the Lord because that's a Wednesday and I will be saying Mass barring any issues. Um, I did want to also say thank you to all of you for prayers uh, for my mom. It's been, it's been a difficult year for so many people. Uh, our family is not exempt from that. Um, I really believe that this is the evil one's last gasp, and I believe that this is his final thrust to try to do and cause as much havoc as he possibly can. And we're seeing it everywhere in the world. There's never been quite a year like this from COVID to the riots, to the virus, to sicknesses and deaths that have been so um, occurring so prevalently here in the last year. But remember, the Lord will win out, does win out. We know that. So anyway, thank you for the prayers for my mom. It's a very difficult situation right now, but um, we are in it together and know that you're in our prayers. But I then thought, well, I'm not going to be able to preach um, for the rest of this octave, and this is what I want to talk about. Why am I in white? Well, I'm not sure, Father, because every eight days, or every, I should rephrase that, every day, in the eight days of the Christmas octave is Christmas. Now, I mean, you might not want to tell your children that every day is Christmas for the next eight days, because then they will probably expect multiple Christmas gifts. But it really is truly Christmas. From Christmas Day, the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, January 1st, the eighth day. This is one of only two octaves we now celebrate in the Catholic Church. There used to be many octaves, the octave of Pentecost, the octave of Corpus Christi. We had many octaves, but with the reforms and the missile, these have unfortunately been lost, except two. There are two octaves we celebrate now, the two big ones, Christmas and Easter. And if you've heard my talk, <clears throat> I've done a talk on divine mercy where I talk about the Easter octave. What is the octave of Easter? Starts on Easter Sunday, and guess when that ends? Divine Mercy Sunday. That in itself is an incredible entire long topic and whole series of talks on how powerful that meaning is. But we'll save that for Divine Mercy Sunday time. The other octave is right now, the octave of Christmas. As I just said, starts on December the 25th, Christmas Day, and continues to January 1st. Now, if you've heard my talk on Mary, I have mentioned this before because it's so powerful, but I notice in the letters that I get, people still either have forgotten that or maybe haven't had a chance to see it. That's fine. So today we want to explain maybe one more time what the significance is in our faith of this octave, these eight days. First of all, 
They're part of the Christmas season. The Christmas season actually goes beyond the eight days, okay? The first part of the Christmas season, and remember, Christmas doesn't start the day after Thanksgiving, right? We take up our, we put up our Christmas decorations, and then everybody takes them down the day after Christmas and throws away the Christmas tree. You actually got it backwards. We have always talked, you keep the Christmas decorations from Christmas Day to the end of the Christmas season, if you're able, or at least to the epiphany. Now, the Christmas season begins right now. We're in it, as I said, in the eight days from the 25th to January 1st, called the octave. Now, Christmas season extends beyond that into the epiphany. That's the 12 days of Christmas, and we're going to be doing a little film on that today. After Mass, I'm going to go shoot a little um, a little Ask a Marian fun video about the true 12 days of Christmas. And it's not about a partridge in a pear tree. It's about our Lord in the real tree of the cross, which now bears fruit. That's the pear. The pear and all the other meanings of those 12 days of Christmas have a connection to our Catholic faith. And we'll watch out for that video. It's coming your way. But the Christmas season then goes all the way to the baptism of our Lord. And it used to, I mentioned earlier, the 2nd of February, the presentation of our Lord, the Christmas season actually used to went all the way to the February 2nd. Why February 2nd? It was 40 days after the birth of Jesus. So the Christmas season originally was 40 days, just like Lent. And that 40 days ended with the presentation, which we just read. We just read the presentation of the Lord. So, Father, what are you trying to get at here? Well, basically, I want to tell you that is the Christmas season, but right now we're in that first part, the most powerful part called the octave. As I mentioned, where all eight days are celebrated as Christmas. So what I wanted to say about this is what ends the octave? Well, January 1st. And as you've heard me say, January 1st, no matter what day of the week it is, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, we go to church. It's a holy day of obligation. Now I know the diocese get a little lax. And if it falls on a Friday or a Monday or a Saturday <clears throat> and a Monday, you don't have to go because it suffices to go to the Sunday Mass and it covers it both. And okay, I'm not, not going to say you can't do that. You can. That is, the church is um, kind of like Jesus giving consolation to those, or Moses, with the bill of divorce, right? So you do normally, though, when the January 1st, no matter what day it is, we want to go to Mass. And the reason is, is because it is the octave and the solemnity, end of the octave and the solemnity of Mary, the mother of God. Mary, the mother of God. Now, I smile because we know Mary's the mother of God, and Brother Jeff is going to read from the diary of St. Faustina at the end of communion, and you're going to hear what St. Faustina calls Mary, the mother of God. But what's interesting, say that around our Protestant brethren, God bless them, they head for the hills. How dare you call Mary the mother of God? She was only the mother of Jesus and his humanity. And therefore, we can't call her the mother of God. Okay, here's the thing. The term mother doesn't mean that she created. It doesn't mean for one who creates. God is the only one who creates. The term mother technically 
in the original language stands for one who gives birth to. Hmm, kind of interesting. Mary gave birth to the God-man. Jesus Christ was both God and man. But here's the question. You may have heard this in one of my previous talks. I haven't mentioned it in a long time. So I think it suffices to bring up here. You always hear me reference teaching my catechism class. I, I, teaching seventh grade catechism is one of the joys of my life. Because I always say the kids are young enough to be innocent, old enough to know what's going on in the world. And I would ask my seventh graders each year, the new class would come in when I used to teach them. Um, and and it's, it's a very interesting question, but I would tease them and say, was Jesus Christ a human person? So I ask you, was Jesus Christ a human person? Now, of course, all the kids said yes. And I bet 99% of you watching on live stream are going to say yes. Actually, the answer is no. And I always laugh because I say, okay, before you throw tomatoes at me and write the bishop, you've heard me say this before, but it applies right now. Hear me out. You see, we have in our faith an understanding of God as one God, but three persons. Now, the Father is how many persons? One. The Son is how many persons? One. Now, I always say to my class, repeat that. The Son is how many persons? One. And the Holy Spirit is how many persons? One. Each of those persons is divine. Each of those persons is a divine person. Now, if Jesus was a human person, you'd have four persons in the Trinity. You see, Jesus is a divine person with a human nature. It's not the same thing. You see, in the incarnation, the second person of the Trinity, meaning God, assumed a human nature. So here is the second person of the Trinity. Let's pretend this is the first or the second person of the Trinity. It's one person, and that person is divine, and he has a divine nature. So the second person of the Trinity is a divine person with a divine nature. Now, when he came to earth and was born of a woman, that same divine person that had that same divine nature now assumed a human nature. And the catechism defines Jesus Christ as one person, two natures. So I always laugh and say, I kind of tricked you because Jesus is fully man in his nature. He is fully God in his nature. But in his personhood, he is God and only God. That divine person who is God had a divine nature. He comes to earth in the hypostatic union gives birth, Mary gives birth to him, he assumes a human nature, so he's one person, two natures. Look it up in the catechism, that's the definition of Jesus Christ. One person, two natures, and the nature is human and divine. He's both God and man in his nature, but his person is divine. He's not a human person. He's a divine person with a human nature. 
So I finish with this. Does a mother give birth to a person or a nature? Well, let me think about that, Father. A mother gives birth to a person, not a nature. So the mother giving birth to the person <clears throat> is Mary. And Mary gave birth to one person, not two persons, one. And that person is divine. And when Mary gave birth to that divine person who then assumed a human nature, we can say, therefore, Mary is the mother of God. Because she gave birth to one person, and that person was divine. Human in his nature, divine in his nature, fully God, fully man in his nature, but born of a woman as a person, and that person is divine. Therefore, Mary is the mother of God. Do you know that the fathers of the Protestant Reformation, Zwingli, Calvin, and even Martin Luther, never argued that point? They actually accepted it and kept it. You see, the Protestant Reformation changed many things over the years after it happened. And Mary was never intended to be thrown into the gutter. After years and years and years, Mary has been discarded. Big mistake. Big mistake. Because even the Protestant fathers never rejected Mary in that sense. They still believed she was a perpetual virgin. Zwingli said it. I believe she remained a virgin for now and to all eternity. And even Martin Luther agreed, and the Protestant fathers agreed, Mary was the mother of God. So the next time a non-Catholic challenges you on calling Mary the mother of God, you might want to point to these facts. And the very fact that we're in the octave of Christmas right now that ends with the solemnity of Mary, the mother of God, we can see the reason for the season. Because you can't separate Jesus from his mother. God bless you all, and have a Merry Christmas. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus, 
www.marianhelper.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.